Welcome to the how the why. With John Barrett Ingalls. Exploring and celebrating the creative process and the creative purpose of authors, editors, artists, and publishers that make up and inspire the 1888 family. 1888 serves as a regional catalyst for the preservation, presentation, and promotion of cultural heritage and literary arts. Let's get creative. Just like well, I've got friends, we we, we write, 
I mean, you have turned yourself and you call your 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 uh, uh, self-titled cult, and I, I you know, and looking over all of your your stuff, I could I could see that. But did you see that that's what it was going to become back then? Uh, certainly not. Um, it I had no I had no idea really um, what to expect. Um, and in the beginning, um, we were, you know, pretty wide open in terms of uh, what we would uh, entertain as far as publishing. You know, we were happy pretty much to get anything that was decent. And, and honestly, back then, I think about um, I was much more uh, conservative, I guess, than, than I am today. I, I um, which is kind of hysterical and must actually not be true at all. But, I mean, I thought prose poems were pretty jazzy back then. Um, and so if we wanted, you know, wanted some prose poems, we were happy to publish this great prose poet, uh, Lewis Jenkins, um, from uh, Minnesota, because he was friends with one of my co-editors, and, and that was pretty exciting. Um but you know the rest was pretty much fiction and uh, and, and poetry. In terms of uh, turning into a cult, certainly not. No, it was it was odd though. The very first issue, you know, we did just open submissions, which I think some people still do. Um, you know, uh, we don't because uh, that's that's just it's insane. Um, we stopped that actually in 2010, I think, um, because we hadn't read in a while, and then we opened for submissions, and it was February, I remember, because we were only 28 days, and so I thought, well, short months, you know, we'll be open for the month for submissions, and we got like 10,000 submissions or something oh, ridiculous, and... Um, you know, because people were also allowed to submit like up to five pieces or whatever, and oh my, it was just, it was just absurd. And I'd hired a whole new uh, crop of editors and a new uh, managing editor, and things were looking all bright until that moment, until these submissions just started piling up. And then we realized we have to actually respond to these things, like. <laughs> You know, 2,000 people sending us 10,000 things. Like, that. no. I mean, that's who can do that? You know, who wants to? And um, so, so yeah, that, that kind of ended it. But in the beginning, um, I remember I was so excited. We were just sitting there waiting. We'd posted a, a note to um, the uh, this listserv that still exists. Um, for like creative writing opportunities or whatever. And so we'd posted like, you know, open for submissions. And I just literally just sat there in front of my computer, you know, just hitting, you know, like check email, check email, check email, over and over waiting for the submissions to come in. And the very first submission we got was by someone calling themselves Len Leatherwood. True story. This is the very first submission. Len Leatherwood sends us two short fictions, if you want to call them that, um, 
both with the same theme um, about um, some narrator, uh, some uh, <laughs> some reliable narrator or other, um, molesting children, uh, only to have them uh, realize uh, either close to that time or later in life how uh, kind of what a wonderful experience that had been for them. Um, uh, one of this, you know, one of these stories included um, uh, using implements on the children uh, of various descriptions. It was horrifying, um, and uh, I, I was so <laughs> so freaked out. I sent this guy an email saying, you know, I'm going to find out who you are. You know, I'm going to report you to you know, whoever the hell you report. You know, and and of course, you know, I don't know who Len Leatherwood was. It's probably some friend of mine just trying to give me a heart attack. But no one ever claimed responsibility for it. And in fact, I, I do think it was some person out there who is writing under the name Len Leatherwood. Perhaps other editors have bumped into him. And uh, yeah. Anyway, shortly after that, we received our first and and only. Um, uh, nude authored photo, thankfully not from Len, um, but from a, a nice young woman whose name I can't recall. Um, and she had, it was, it was only a semi-nude of her in the bathtub, and she said, uh, this was after we'd rejected one of her pieces, um, and she said, I would have sent you more, um, but you rejected it, uh, my work. But it's something to think about, you know, if you want to accept my work in the future, then you'll get full nudes. So, yeah, so, so this was, these were our, you know, our suspicious moments um, at our start, um, what, what sticks with me anyway from that time. Um, certainly no indication that we would be um, this amazing cult. Now. I mean, both of those stories, I don't want to say seem fitting for what you are now, but they're definitely, uh, they are definitely telling for, for what you became. Um, so when did the, when did like the, the prose poetry and the fiction, the short fiction and the poetry, when did you start looking for something outside of that, uh, looking, you know, being turned on by what you call cross-genre, trans-genre, or hybrid. When did that start becoming appealing to the uh, journal? I think um, after after a few years, uh, um, probably... Uh, have to say now, I probably, you know, it's interesting. I've never actually, you know, gone through the archives and tried to trace, you know, like when this transformation happened, certainly over time and with different editors. Um, and I haven't always done an adequate job um, with the magazine showing, you know, which editors edited which magazine, uh, especially early on. Because it was different back then, the HTML coding and all that. So some of that's gotten lost. But um, I, I'm I'm quite.
quite sure that the impetus was, um, you know, I guess like most things with it kind of started with me, and so I'm assuming it was around 2007 um, you know, when uh, my interest just started kind of going in beyond the beyond the norm, um, and just being kind of tired um, with. Um, Standard genre work, um, and, and looking, you know, to find stuff that um, was doing something different, and um, you know, it was uh, it's interesting because to my head, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it's all subjective. So, you know, of course, if I had already been exposed to a lot of it, it, it may have seemed like there was more out there. But at the time, it didn't seem like there was tons. So it seemed, you know, that we could you know, again, that this was, you know, a good direction to go. I mean, certainly, you know, Fence, um, you know, was doing a great job of it. And um, at the time, uh, well, they, they fell apart early on, but um, Third Bed uh, was another brilliant journal that, uh, um, you know, was doing really interesting work. And, you know, um, and even Slope, even though they were primarily, um, well, I think just all poetry, still their poetry managed to be strange enough that sometimes it um, kind of got weird genre-wise. Um, so again, it seemed like, you know, something that uh, could be done. And and now it's kind of interesting. It it, it feels like the norm almost, um, you know, everyone's, uh, everyone's writing um, hybrid works or cross-genre work or trans starting to see that a lot more in, in the interviews that uh, more and more publishers are, are looking for that specifically. Do you, do you see it as just a, a, a trend in literature in general or, or uh, No, I mean, I, I mean, yes. I, I think it's, you know, it's definitely reflected in the literature, but I'd like to believe it's a kind of, you know, it's a, a larger trend kind of you know, from a um, from a larger perspective, I mean, I think you know, um, I think trans is uh, is what we're all kind of shooting for, you know, um, in uh, in a lot of ways, like you know, moving beyond uh, the various structures or um, whatnot uh, sure. in our lives, like the things that you know, define us as one thing or another. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's um, there's a real um, I don't know, there's a I I can't help but think we're at um, certain that we're at an interesting juncture in, in human uh, evolution anyway, um, and you know we're um, it, you know it's hard it's I say that, but at the same time, there's such a tremendous backlash that it's um, sometimes hard to realize. But, you know, um, things actually have changed a bit in the last 10 years or so, um, and it's kind of great and interesting um, just, you know, from a sociological perspective and just, you know, using America as an example. But, you know, change is actually happening and um you know uh to my lefty sensibilities a lot of it's quite good um and sure a lot of it's the same and 
sure there's tremendous black backlash, but um, you know, people are looking to move beyond old structures, I think. But who knows? I'm probably just generalizing out. I mean, I'd say that it's just me projecting my own, but I, there's no structure that I need, need to move beyond personally at this point. Um, I, I've moved beyond them. What I need more than anything is like total structure, personally. Like, I need like, you know, a really rigid day and um, and stuff, you know, to keep me tethered. Um, you know, I need more structure in my life. But I do see, you know, on a, on a large scale, it seems like, you know, people are pushing to get beyond, the great beyond. I don't know. Consciousness, to my mind, is the final frontier, not space. Um, you know, Stephen Hawking's might believe that we need to colonize the moon, but I dearly would love people to, you know, get, you know, transcend their own limited ego-based consciousness and, and start traversing, you know, those territories, and we might actually survive as a, as a species, but, you know, maybe yeah, 10 of us can survive on the fucking moon, but I don't think that's the best solution. <laughs> you know, so... Would this change? Do you think, like you said, the last decade, and I and I, I'm wondering, you know, how much the internet is involved with that? How much the like uh, uh, availability of information and and knowledge and and you know, not just being spoon fed what we've been spoon fed for our entire lives and for you know as long as as media has existed. Now there's there's this wealth of, of knowledge and information out there. Do you think that that has something to do with this change, with this this slow transcendence or awakening, if you will? Uh, I think it certainly helps, yeah. I mean, the, I, you know, it's the Internet, you know, we we joke about it, you know, we we curse it, we, you know, we all, you know, feel like, you know, we're on it too much or blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, like, you know, it's definitely like, you know, like any other technology, it, you know, creeps into our lives, maybe you watch too much TV, you watch, you're on the internet too much, whatever. Sure, there's that aspect. But yes, um, it is a colossal change and kind of allows us to communicate, um, you know, in ways that were, that were just simply unthinkable when I was a teenager. Um, and, you know, it's, and yeah, I think everything is different uh, as a result. Um, I mean, I think in, in some strange way we're able to, I don't know how to put it in terms that aren't like, you know, just very weirdly, whatever, esoteric or whatnot, but I, I feel like it allows us access more easily to what used to be the territory of, you know, um, uh, only people who uh, meditated a great deal or were, you know, uh, 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 deeply religious or uh, cultists or, or whatnot. We are... Psychedelic drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, we have a, a sense now of how we exist on different on a different plane, you know, as it were. Um, we all have these, you know, internet uh, 
bodies uh, that we create and that follow us around, you know, etheric bodies, astral bodies, um, and they, you know, um, start to take on a life of their own. Um, they do things that um, we can't do or maybe are too scared to do in our physical bodies for good or for ill. Um, and if you read only the comment boxes on any given newspaper or magazine or whatnot, you'll certainly think it's for ill. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, there's a definitely uh, a new way that um, people are um, communicating and can communicate, you know, uh, with a speed with which it wasn't possible before. And um, But also, I mean, I think we're all kind of seeing right now, like, the power of collective thought um, and the ability to harness that, you know, uh, and, and create change um, pretty much instantaneously, um, you know, uh, uh, and the time it takes, you know, a tweet to go viral um, is really about all, it t it's all the time it takes now to change the fucking world, you know, at least at, um, from the standpoint of the impetus that's going to, you know, uh, create a larger change, you know, yes, off of Twitter. Um, but if you have, you know, that many people who, with access to Twitter, whose minds are being changed, you know, by a single thought, you know, um, how fast, you know, a, a meme can travel or whatever, then that allows those people, they all go out into their physical plane, or they don't, or they just continue to transmit it along the Internet lines. Either way, I mean, you know, these ripple effects are enormous. Again, for good or ill, um, you know, uh, it's frightening, too. Um, you know, I'm still on the fence about democracy, frankly. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know that, you know, um, you know, giving amazing power and instantaneous um, uh, power to uh, to groupthink is necessarily a good thing. Well, know? i got to say, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know where you line yourself politically, but there's this movement, I, this is way off subject, but there's this, this movement and this swell for, for, you know, Senator Bernie Sanders talking about the politics of America that, has nothing to do with, you know, CNN or, or nightly news or anything. It all has to do with the uh, social media pushing this agenda of, of a person who is saying, you know, we can't live the way we've been living anymore. Right. I don't get political on this podcast, but, you know, it's, it's just something that I've noticed. That it's, it's blowing my mind, this, this swell of people who are like, I am tired of the way that this has been happening for our lives and generations before us. And, and there's, there's a support, whether it does anything or not, we'll see, but there's, there's a power to it. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and yeah, good call. You know, Bernie, uh, I'm, I'm in Vermont, uh, in case you didn't know. Uh, right. Yeah. And so, you know, Bernie is a, a homegrown, uh, thing and, uh, much, Beloved, and uh, in, in my household for sure. And yeah, I won't get into the particular politics of it either. But yeah, um, you know, it's fascinating to see. It's also, you know, um, it, it's great to see. I mean, Bernie is not a young man, um, and you know, it's it's really 
because uh, his ideas are so much, uh, you know, at the heart of what's going. Uh, it's certainly, it's not his image. Um, Bernie could be any um, any other old white guy. You know, he's he's an old white guy. There's nothing yeah. new about that. Um, what is new about him is, is his ideas, and what, what is new um, is, yes, this old white guy um, is, you know, um, he doesn't, you think he has this, you know, huge, brilliant staff that's managed to put this together, but that's not really the case. What it is is that his ideas actually appeal to, you know, um, you know, to a to a lefty internet crowd, um, and so yeah, um, he's getting a lot of traction, um, and uh, it's it's kind of wonderful to see. Um, you know, um, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't say a whole lot about it without you know, going on some tirade about why we need him and you know why he's such a breath of fresh air and so on and so forth and. You know, and he and Elizabeth Warren should get married and run off into the sunset and lead her three into a new day and all that. But yeah. um, in any case, I'm super glad that um, you know that's happening. No, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's definitely an interesting. You know, you, you read these like uh, I, I've read these you know spiritual, I guess quote unquote blogs about the the uh, awakening or the shifting of the consciousness of, of people. And, you know, it's, it's kind of out there, like you said, esoteric. But there's something that you feel if, you, if you're tapped in. It's something that you can witness. And then, you know, politically I feel like that's kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, the, the, uh, the um, uh, Supreme Court, uh, uh, allowing same-sex marriage. You know, there are these things that are that are happening that are like, oh, we're we're becoming more aware of uh, the importance of of humanity and compassion and, and understanding. And uh, it, it's kind of cool. I mean, again, there are these huge backlashes, and there's still this angry challenge to progression uh, that that we're going to face. But it's it's an exciting time. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Um, and and it, it's you know I think part of it is is brought about by desperation. I there, you know I I also you know I believe that this you know is um, you know it's a crucial time. Um, you know uh, humanity kind of has to change, um, yeah. or we're just not going to really be here on any kind of scale. Oh. Worth discussing. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I it um it it is it, it is fascinating. You know, I you know I think will I uh you know how how long will it take? You know, will it happen? You know, um or will the storms just get so bad and so frequent that um you know that it starts? But the, you know, you say that I say that, and then at the same time I think, well, you know. There's a lot of us here in the, on the planet, and barring, you know, massive catastrophe and the level of, you know, uh, plague, um, you know, uh, even when we lose all our coastal cities, <laughs> you know, there'll still be a lot of country bumpkins, you know, can maybe patch together the human race after that. Um, so, you know, um, it's, uh, it's definitely a... Um, a, a crucial time, and 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 I think that some of this, you know, consciousness is, 
you know, forced upon us, you know. The, 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 you know, the thing about, you know, to get back to esoterica or whatnot, it's like, um, you know, uh, transcendence, to use that word again, uh, the trans part, you know, historically comes from some sort of initiation and, and you know, frequently that initiation is some sort of trauma, you know, um, whether you uh, you know, undergo, you know, choose to undergo some sort of ritual trauma um, in order to uh, uh, be, you know, uh, reborn or enlightened, as it were, um, or it's forced upon you, um, you know, it's actually those things that kind of, you know, help bring about changes in consciousness. Um, sure. So, you know, um, you know, certainly, again, you know, uh, our Tarbo and Sky uh, offices here were, you know, completely devastated by Hurricane Irene um, uh, to bring it back to Vermont and uh, kind of trauma and whatnot. And, um, you know, and um, these little things, you know, help keep it, keep it close to home for me. Um, but I think, you know, the the level of, um, you know, e uh, ecological uh, uh, issues um, right now and, and things that are beyond our control, you know, uh, like the weather, you know, which is the closest thing that all human beings have to calling God, whether or not they believe in God, you know, there's still the fucking weather. <laughs> and it sure feels like God when it's coming down on your head. Oh, so, you know, we have I'm these things. I'm in the uh, drought-ridden California, you know, waiting for the big earthquake, so I'm, I'm well aware of this, uh, this, right. this greater than that's out there. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, well, you must be heartened then by the that article that came out recently in um, The New Yorker, talking about how the big one would be, you know, the epicenter would generally be, you know, the Pacific Northwest and oh, would yeah. be you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, my family's in Salem, Oregon, so I still have. To oh no! Okay. Uh, yeah, lose lose. It's 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 always tough when you start, you know, breaking it down on the level of like personal. <laughs> like, well, I have ten friends here, but I've got twenty over here. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Everyone else is there too. I forgot. You know. <laughs> uh, so so everything that we're talking about does this come into play when you're you're uh vetting the press and the journal when when you're you're uh looking at new authors and, and taking on new books or new uh collections of short stories is this part of your dogma in, in the what you call the cult of tarpaulin sky um, i think so i i mean i i think anyone who He's kind of, you know, been watching us over the last um, however many years now, you know, uh, in the last several, um, you know, we've kind of gotten progressively, I mean, to just look at it from a, you know, in one kind of reductive way. I mean, we've kind of gotten mightily dark, um, at, uh, certainly at times, you know, maybe it was just signing on, you know, Johannes Gorenson and, and Joyelle, um, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, you know, who between the two have now accounted for five of, you know, our more recent books, and, um, 
and you know we're we're definitely um we're definitely uh grim uh we definitely get there via um trauma uh via the you know initiation uh thereby um and and yeah i think it um you know um it's not a it's not a coincidence um there's been, you know, the magazine is much more open, obviously, because it's a numbers thing. So, you know, we have more space to to play in the magazine. But I think when it comes to the books, you know, they've tended to run a bit dark in the last few years, um, and you know, pretty heavy. Um, some would find them appalling, I'm sure, even, um, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I feel that that's, you know, that's connected. Um, um, you know, it, it ebbs and it ebbs and flows. I, I feel like we've been brighter in the last last few months, just trying to, you know, throw a little sunshine out there too. <laughs> Who knows? And this, this last reading period, you know, was um, was uh, pretty epic, and um, I'm really excited about our new authors and. Um, they, you know, they certainly, um, their work, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's all individual, but at the same time, you know, uh, none of it's light, none of it's light rating for sure. Um, and, you know, even, you know, it's humor, uh, where it is, is, is rather dark and, um, um, but somehow for me anyway, I guess, um, at least personally, you know, um, that's where, uh, it's, it, 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 it's a certain amount of catharsis, I guess, um, for me personally, you know, in experiencing their work. Um, so maybe that informs it. Maybe, um, I'm not, maybe at this point, you know, we, we also, you know, we also certainly attract, um, certain kinds of work, you know, at least the best work, the stuff that's most, most suited to us. Um, so yeah, I mean they're definitely uh, definitely connected. We're, we're, uh, I could continue talking to you for a while, but we are running out of time. But I, I, I noticed that uh, your your newest uh, journal and what you're doing, it seems like from from here on out, and it's very cool. Uh, with in utero, is, is your 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 magazine is now going to have excerpts from finalists from your book prize. Um, so like short stories and poems from people who submitted and got that you loved, they just didn't get all the way to the actual book, but you loved them enough and, and wanted to promote them. So you created the, the new magazine. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've really enjoyed that and I feel like that's been, you know, like it's just been a great process and, um, and 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 I like it um, in terms of you know here on out um, you know uh, doing this again it, it seems to really work I mean again it's it's a numbers thing you know we can only pick so many books if we did things differently you know two things would have to happen one we'd either have to have a larger staff and you know making actual money um, or or we would I don't know what that is right or we would need to um, produce our books differently and that would involve um at this point um uh it, it would have to involve amazon you know they're the only you know uh, uh 
you just want to crank out book after book after book um, at, at a cost, you know, that a, that even a, a small press can afford. And that's just not a route I'm interested in. Like, you know, I, I don't have any problem with the presses that do that. I, I think it's an approach. It certainly, you know, is a way that, you know, we could go. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I kind of had to make a decision, like, are we still going to just do a handful of books and not have to, you know, do the, you know, like completely throw our, you know, get into bed with Amazon? Um, or are we going to publish as many books as we'd like to on a POD basis and just crank them out through Amazon? And I don't know, I just chose the former. It, it, um, it, it just, uh, for me, that's how it has to be. So that leaves this, this leftover um, obviously is far greater number of people that we can't publish. So yeah, you know, um, this seemed like, you know, a way to, um, to kind of do this and, and, and without having to, you know, open up the submissions again, which again, I, I, I can't ever see happening, frankly. <laughs> I just want more new photos. <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't see it. You know, the, um, you know, there's debates about, you know, um, you know, reading periods and reading fees and so on and so forth, and that's fine. The debate can continue to rage, um, uh, and uh, we'll continue to charge the manuscripts, not because it's all about making money, but because it actually does cut way down on the numbers that you get. Um, if we said, you know, the submissions too. Yeah, if we said just fire off your manuscript to us for for no money or for a dollar, then we, I know already where that would end up. And so obviously I can't do that. I mean, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll continue this route. And, you know, the, the big secret, which I'll tell right over your podcast anyway, so there's plenty of people, you know, like who are broke and don't pay because they send us an email and say like, oh, I can't really do this. Sometimes if I don't believe them, I'll totally quiz them. I'll be like, really? Have you had a coffee this week? Have you done anything? Like, are you living in a box? Why do you have internet? Like, you know, so on and so forth. But sure, if you don't want to send us any money, that's fine. Send us your manuscript, you know. And if you think it's that great that even after this email, you know, we'll still like it, then cool, you know. <laughs> it's totally cool. It's not about a money thing, really. It's about, you know, not getting 10,000 freaking submissions again, so... <laughs> Christian, um, thank you so much for taking the time. This was a great conversation. I, I had a feeling it was going to go into some interesting places, and I'm sure it did. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to have spoken with you. This has been The How, The Why by 1888. I'm John Barrett Ingalls. The show is produced by Kevin Stanick and yours truly, with production assistance by Sarah Becker. The music is Mayalua by Bossa Zuzu. I wanted to thank everybody for your creativity and your inspiration and to remind you all to keep making art. Thank you.